We have a special guest this morning, and we're continuing our Bethel Cares series. So we started with uh, We Care for Our Church, then we went to We Care for Our Community, then we went to Care for Our Nation, and today we're going to be um, going through We Care for Our World. Uh, we have a treat today with our missionary, Justin Rhodes. Actually, uh, Justin, we've been partnering with you for over five years, almost from the, from the get-go of you on the road, uh, raising funds. Since then, he's gotten married, had two girls. Um, his family's growing, church is growing, so really excited for uh, Justin being with us this morning, and uh, we'll get started. Let's go. Well, uh, good morning, Bethel. Uh, it's so excited to be with you uh, and uh, privileged to get a chance for the next uh, few minutes to celebrate what God is doing in a little corner of the world known as London. And uh, it's been such a privilege and honor to be able to uh, partner with you guys. You know, you've played such a big impact of allowing me not only to, to move to London, but to continue to be there and do the ministry uh, that God has blessed us with. And so uh, it's an honor to be able to do that. And what a great opportunity we get to look at of, you know, Bethel cares for the world. And, you know, what does that mean? How do we do that and the practicalities? And so I'd love to have a little bit of time uh, with us today where we open up the Bible and really look and see, you know, what, what does Jesus have to say about how we can take care of the world and really care for them. Uh, but before we do that, I would love to give you a glimpse of what church in London looks like. Would you like to see that? Yeah, so here is a little promo video of our church in London. Uh, so that's a little bit of what our church looks like uh, each week, and uh, that was from 2019. A lot's changed, uh, but it's real exciting uh, to be able to kind of share a little bit of what church is. A lot of similarities, uh, probably a few differences you noticed as well uh, when it comes to different sweets and treats and all of those wonderful things. Uh, but the crazy thing is this, everything that you saw in that video did not exist four years ago. Four years ago, that church was closed. Uh, there were chains on the front doors, there were chains on the front gate, uh, and there were just uh, eight people meeting in a house down the street. Uh, and they had been that way for four years, uh, not really knowing what to do. And uh, I'm so, so thankful that they had a decision in November 2017. Uh, they took a little vote between the eight of them, do we, do we give our building away? Or do we go and ask for help? And they chose the latter, and I'm so thankful for that um, because they invited myself in and another missionary family in. We were able to reopen that building and really get that church restarted once again. And it was just absolutely amazing to see what God has done. And so I got a few slides I'd love to show you. You can go to the, the next one. Um, as we go. And, you know, ministry in London, we think of London, right? We think Big Ben, uh, but that not necessarily where we're at. We're, we're in a little place called Welling. Uh, but before I talk to you about my church, this next slide is my family. Uh, when I moved to London, I was single, uh, as Pastor Ray said earlier. And so I found my wife. That was her in the video. Uh, she's got the, the cool English accent because she's English. And uh, we've got two little girls, Annabelle and Elena, and they're both uh, quite poorly uh, this morning. And so they're, they're in Kansas uh, at my parents' house. And uh, so we'd be praying for them. They get over this cold uh, before we have to go see the great-grandparents uh, on uh, 
Thanksgiving, but very thankful for that. And so if, if anything, my biggest thanks to you as a church for helping me move to London was finding a family. Uh, what a blessing that was. And in 2018, the year we got married, we didn't just start a new family uh, that year, but we also uh, started our church. And this next slide is the picture of our front of our church. Uh, we're doing church revitalization. Um, if church planting is starting a brand new church from nothing, it's giving birth, then church revitalization is the other side of the coin. It is taking a dead church and bringing it back to life. Uh, and that may seem impossible, bringing the dead back to life, but thankfully we've got a God who does the impossible. And we've got a God who specializes in bringing the dead back to life. And if you found Jesus Christ in your life, you've experienced being spiritually dead and becoming spiritually alive. Uh, and that was our prayer going into this church, that, yes, this building has been around since 1899, uh, but uh, we want there to be a thriving and healthy church in the building, not just an empty shell as it had been for four years. Uh, so you go to the next slide. We, we started off, we had uh, a closed building, eight people in attendance, no children for 20 years. For 20 years, every Sunday, there were no kids. Goose egg, zero. Uh, what a sad thing. Before that, there was one kid, and he, he, he's an adult, and he prided himself on being the only kid in the church growing up, uh, which is something I wouldn't probably brag about. Um, you know, it's great that he stuck with it, uh, but not so great for the church that they only had one kid the whole time he grew up. And so since then, God's really blessed us. As you can see in the video, there's a lot of life happening at our church. And so we've reopened the building. We've had to remodel every single room. And uh, of all the video footage you've seen, a lot of that's uh, pre-remodel. Uh, you know, we've gone through and painted the walls and all these wonderful things. Uh, but now we've got about 110 in attendance on a Sunday. And we've got four kids' classes that we cram into three rooms. So you can figure out how that works. Uh, you know, we got the babies crawling on a little pin that we put up uh, in the back of the kids' church area, and we just pray they don't cry. If they don't cry, it's a good kids' church day. If they cry, no one learns anything. And so uh, just, just been crazy to see how God grew uh, for that. Um, you know, we don't, they call it a creche instead of a nursery, and we opened that up when my wife and I found out we were going to have a baby. We needed a creche all of a sudden. And by the time uh, my daughter was born and about two months old, I think one Sunday we had 15 babies, and so everyone got a baby. It was like I, I taught the teens holding the baby. Uh, my, my wife was in there helping me with the teens. She was holding two babies. The kids' church, all the workers in there were holding babies. I think I gave a teenager a baby, like, you know, because our, our creche or nursery, it's only 7 foot by, you know, 10 foot. It's just a walk-in closet, basically, uh, and we cram about eight in there every week. You can go. Next slide. Uh, one of the reasons we were able to grow so fast is uh, due to mission trips. And these are churches just like yours here in America that gave up a week, came over, and helped us uh, in a big way. And uh, because of that, like when we didn't have any volunteers, because, uh, you know, we just started, we had nothing, um, these American trips really helped us. And there are people that go to our church today that met one of these crazy Americans on the high street and were invited to church, came, and they didn't just find a church, they found a new home. And they stuck with it. And so one of the things I love to see is I love Bethel be able to come over on a mission trip uh, one day and be able to help in a big way. But that's really how we've been able to grow so fast. It's, it's due to a lot of help uh, from America, not just praying for us and giving financially, but a few of them coming over. You can go next slide. Uh, the biggest thing to celebrate, though, is life change. Since we reopened this church, we've had 35 people accept Christ as their Savior, uh, which is amazing. Yeah, give it up for that. That's 35 people who are going to hell who will now 
go to heaven when they die. We've baptized 32 people, and this is a, a bunch of pictures of the people we've baptized. Uh, it's so amazing. The one in the middle, that's a whole household that we baptized. It was like a Philippian jailer moment in Acts where a whole household believes and gets baptized together, and that was real special. The one on the far right, is uh, that was uh, the 3rd of October. It was my last Sunday in England before I came over to visit uh, some churches in America. We baptized eight people in one day. And that was just, it was so amazing to see that. Most churches in London baptize one person every five to ten years. And, and God let us do eight in one day. It's so amazing. Half the people we baptized did not get saved at our church. They got saved somewhere else. Uh, a few of them led themselves to Christ just reading their Bible that someone gave them. Uh, but the reason they hadn't gotten baptized is the churches that they were going to either only baptized babies or don't do baptisms. And so they've been denied taking the next step in their faith journey. Uh, and so it was so exciting to see them. And a few of them had been a Christian for 15 years, waiting to take that next step. Uh, and it, it was such a blessing to be able uh, to be a part and a privilege and honor to be able to help them do that. And so we're, we're so, so excited about this. Uh, on the next slide um, is all about evangelism. And this is the biggest prayer point. We've got this book called Cornerstone. Uh, it's building a faith on Jesus. This is a one-to-one discipleship uh, that we've done that's for leading someone to Christ. Most discipleship material is taking a brand new Christian and teaching them all the wonderful things they need to learn about being a Christian. Uh, but what we found is most people come to our church they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, how do you disciple someone that isn't a follower of Jesus? Well, you got to help them become one. And so uh, this is 10 sessions. Uh, what I love about this is people in our church could take a family member, a friend, or a stranger they meet uh, through this. You sit down over a cup of tea or coffee for 10 weeks, and you open up the Bible, and you study about 150 verses about who Jesus says that he is. Forget who I say Jesus is, and forget who the church says Jesus is. Who does Jesus say that he is? That's what's important, right? Let's get down to the heart of it. Let's get in the Bible and look at that. And so um, this is our biggest prayer point. We've had five people complete this. Four have accepted Christ as their Savior. Uh, one's a 15-year-old girl, and uh, she's 95% of the way there. And uh, her mom's getting baptized next Sunday. And I'm hoping uh, hearing her mom's testimony and watching that will be what it takes for her to go all in on Jesus. But there's 11 people going through Cornerstone right now. And so that's a huge, huge prayer point for us. Uh, of those 11, I know nine are definitely not saved, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'd love to see that changed uh, in the next few weeks as they uh, begin to finish uh, going through Cornerstone. Uh, on this next slide, this is some more prayer requests, just some ways you can pray for us. Saving London, that's kind of my family's, uh, my per our personal website, if you want to kind of stick up and, and know what's happened with our family and, and be able to catch up with as the girls get bigger, uh, and some ways to pray for us. My visa's up for renewal, that's a huge one. Uh, we need that to get passed, and so if you can be praying that that gets approved, that saves me from going plan B, which is move to another European country uh, multiple times over the next year. Uh, in order to come back and start over. Uh, and then for our church, you know, praying for Cornerstone, that's a big one for us, real big one for us. Uh, but today, we, we've got a little bit of time left, and, you know, you're talking about Bethel Cares, about the world, and, and you know, thinking about that and thinking about what's happening in London, you know, it, it's so amazing to see God at work in different places of the world. And God working in lives of people we've never even met but how do we wrap our mind around that? You know, what, what, what can Bethel do 
to be able to back up the statement that Bethel cares about the world, right? Because it's one thing to say that you believe in something. It's another thing to do it, right? And it's like, you know, every church has beliefs, but not every church does what they say they believe, right? And I think you've probably been around church long enough to watch that happen. And I think we're all guilty of that at some time or another as well. Like, you know, we say we believe in something, but we just don't do it. Well, well, how do we wrap our mind? What do we do for this? And I think there's a passage in, in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus gives some great insight to what does it mean to care for the world? How do we do that? Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And if you've never had a chance to read that in one sitting, I mean, you really should, like, pencil out some time this week and and read those three chapters without stopping. It's a great sermon that that Jesus gives. But at the beginning of this, in in verse 13, you know, uh, Jesus gives us a a description. He talks about uh, us being the salt and the light. And this verse 13, I think, describes our church in London really well, really, really well. Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. What happened to the church uh, that I pastor in London is it was salt that had lost its flavor. What is, this, what is Jesus talking about when he says, you're the salt, you're the light? He's, he's talking about your effectiveness at getting the gospel to others. You know, salt has wonderful qualities. It can heal it can preserve. It can add flavor. You can also use it to kill weeds, uh, as, as it, you know, Jesus says. The interesting thing about salt is salt's a mineral, and it's actually impossible for salt to lose its flavor, for salt to stop being salty. But Jesus says that it can. But there is one place in this world where salt does stop being salt, and that's the Dead Sea, which would have been a great resource of salt in Jesus' time. In the Dead Sea, there are these uh, chemicals that can attach itself to the salt minerals, and if left attached, they will begin to break down and destroy the salt. In church, if we allow sin to attach itself to a church and you don't do anything about it, that sin will begin to break down and destroy a church. What happened to the church in London is sin came in, and no one dealt with it. And over time, sin began to erode and destroy its, the church's effectiveness of getting the gospel to others. And when the church is no longer effective of getting the gospel in front of others, no one gets saved. The church doesn't grow. There's no more fruit, and the church becomes worthless. We don't want to be that. Yet that's what a lot of churches in London are, unfortunately. Uh, verse 14, Jesus goes on. He says this. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hilltop cannot be hidden. Nor, uh, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You see, we are the light of the world. And people should see us And praise God as a result of it. Now, what's interesting here is in John chapter 8, Jesus says something very similar. What does he say there? He says, I'm the light of the world. Well, how are we the light of the world and Jesus the light of the world? Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, where does he live? 
inside of you, right? He's the light that shines out. And again, how effective are we at shining our light? As a church, Bethel, you have a great gift. Anyone like gifts? This side of the room. Man, listen, Christmas is easy here, right? You just got to buy for this side of the room. The rest of you, man, you're just humble. Good on you. Good on you. Yeah, or asleep. You know there's a later service you could have come to. Um, Anyway, we have a great gift, right? And that gift's eternal life. How does Bethel care for the world? Don't keep the gift for yourself. Send it. You know, what, what do I do as a missionary? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just a Christian like you that is a light. Probably no surprise I have a light in here. As, as a Christian, we're a light. And, we, and we, we shine for Christ. As a church, we are a group of lights that come together that shine brighter. See, when we reopened that church in London, like the light came back on because there was people there. And then we grew and we got brighter. And the amazing thing is, like this is, this is 46 LEDs according to the box. Not that I'm trying to sell this to anyone. But this is a bright light. In a room with lights, does this not draw your attention? Don't stare at this. You're going to go blind. <laughs> this, is, this is what Jesus says we are. When we are effective at sharing the gospel with others, we are a light and darkness that no one cannot ignore. Because a church like this was willing to invest a little bit in sending me a light to London to help reopen a church, which put a whole bunch of lights together, lives began to change because a light shines bright in the darkness. One of those people who found the light is Adam. I'd love to share with you his story. How can Bethel care about the world? You can care about the world by sending lights into the darkness. And yes, there are darkness on your own street, at your own job, and you need to be a bright light there. Be effective there. But there are places in this world where there are a lot more atoms who are just waiting for someone to come and bring them the story of Jesus. And you can care for them by helping get the light to them, by either going yourself on a mission trip, going yourself full-time, or helping send people like me a little light to a place to, to help a, a brand-new light be created. That's how we care about the world. When people see Christ through us, it'll change their life forever if they, find, if they ask Christ into their own life. So let's, let's change the world. Let's be bright lights in a dark, dark world. Would you bow with me? Lord, we just thank you so much that you are a God who is bigger uh, than anything we could ever imagine. You are doing things in this world that we couldn't even begin to comprehend. I thank you uh, for being able to use uh, little lights that we are to come together to form a bright light of a church uh, and most importantly to to be uh, effective in helping others find you. Lord, may Bethel be a bright spotlight pointing people to Christ, not only here in Yukon, uh, but may they be bright lights that help people around the world find new life in Christ. Lord, it is only through Jesus that life can change, and, and may we do everything we can to help as many people as possible find Christ. That's how we can care about everyone else. We just ask this in Christ's wonderful name. Let's continue just in a, in a moment of prayer.
If you continue with your eyes closed, just as a personal reflection, um, this morning we got a glimpse into another world, another culture, just another place. And there's no telling what God's doing in your heart. Um, if you were moved and you say, man, God wants me to do something, uh, maybe today's the day to step into that and try to discover what it is that God wants you to do, whether it's going on a trip or, or seeing if God would have you move to another country. Um, I know exactly what that feeling's like. I've experienced that myself. My wife and I have moved overseas, and there's something in us that sometimes is a little anxious. But really what it is, and, and this is the one thing I want to encourage you with this, with this morning, the light doesn't just have to go overseas. The light is right here in our community. And if you will share the light here, all the more you can share the, the light other places. And you say, well, there's a church on every corner in our community. That's true, but there's a lot of people in darkness, even in our area. And so, God, we are grateful for just would just take him and use him however you would like to continue to use him. May more churches uh, be reborn. May more churches be planted. May more hope and more atoms be found um, all throughout London. Uh, God, I pray for his visa. And if you would have him uh, continue to stay there for this season, I pray that that would work itself out. Uh, but your ways are higher than ours and your thoughts are higher than ours. We don't know them. Uh, so God, I pray you work in that situation with his visa. Pray for his kids. Uh, they're not feeling well right now. That they come back to full health. Uh, thank you for his wife and his family and the blessings that we have just to partner with Justin over the last five years. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's all stand and may this time of worship be like Adam described, that there's something in us that just needs to cry out for the Father. And there's something in us that shows how deep is the Father's love. Let's all stand and sing together. You guys can be seated for a minute. That, that's exactly what we're talking about today, Jesus over yeah. everything. I loved that when Justin held that light up and he said, okay, guys, don't stare at it. What did we want to do? Stare we wanted to it. stare at it. Yeah. And, and as comical as that is, the thing that hit me in that moment was all of our little lights coming together at Bethel, creating a brighter and brighter and brighter light. Our goal is for people in this city, in this nation, in this world to not be able to take their eyes off what Christ is doing. For them to just be like, I can't look away. God is doing so much. And I just, I can't stop looking. And, and to know that we get to be that light and be a part of what he's doing is so, I don't get it. It's so humbling. Yeah. And I love missions. And I don't understand how it all works and how God divvies up everything. But the fact that I've been giving to missions for the five years that Justin um, has been a missionary in London, to know that I had a part of Adam coming to Christ and him accepting him and being baptized, that, that means something to me. And Man, missions days are hard for me. Ray knows this. Sometimes I'm no. like, I just want to skip this day because I love you guys. But if God says, I'm, I'm gone again. I mean, I <laughs> being a missionary and working on the field is amazing. And if God is calling you to do that, you guys, you're missing out if you're not listening to him. But if God is not calling you to leave your country, I know that he's calling you to be involved. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt in my heart and mind that he wants you to be a part of, of what's going on in, in, in the missionaries that we support and their yeah. ministries and people reaching the lost. He wants us to be involved. 
Yeah, we have seven, seven families that we actually partner with, and we're really excited to do that uh, month after month. Uh, they are in the countries they're in because we sustain them. Now they have other partners as well, and God's in control, but he lets us be a part of their ministry, and that's been lets us. really exciting. I think exciting. that's what's yeah. so cool, to know, that, to know that we have a part. So I don't know how it's going to work, Justin, but, I mean, you said you invited us over, so hopefully you have a big house. Yes. So I don't know. You know, I think it's expensive there, so we can't stay in a hotel. we got to stay in your house. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, we're excited to I'm be able to see it. how I'm that goes. Go yeah. I'm going. See how that goes. So we'll have to start the fundraising. You yes, know? That'll, yes. That'll be awesome. Okay. Very good. Uh, we love you guys. And remember here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Love you guys. Have a great week.